RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. A mainland court jails Canadian businessman Michael Spaver for 11 years for espionage. The Commerce Secretary says adopting the mainland's anti-sanctions law would safeguard the interests of companies operating here. And the chair of the Journalists Association says he's concerned they might be forced to disband after the Professional Teachers Union announced it was dissolving. A court on the mainland has found a Canadian businessman, Michael Spaver, guilty of espionage and sentenced him to 11 years in prison. Mr Spaver has been detained since late 2018. The verdict will further test the strained relationship between the Canadian and Chinese governments. Ottawa maintains that Mr Spaver was arbitrarily detained. The BBC's Robin Brandt reports. The court in Dandong, in the north of China, sentenced him to 11 years in jail, adding that he will also be deported, although it didn't clarify when the latter would happen. Mr Spaver ran a business in the city, just on the border with North Korea, where he organised cultural visits. He was arrested in the days after the Huawei executive, Meng Wanzhou, was detained in Canada, accused of fraud. Her extradition battle is expected to come to a head soon. The Canadian authorities insist the cases are linked, accusing China of hostage diplomacy. It's something Beijing has denied. Speaking to reporters outside Dandong City's Intermediate People's Court, Canadian Ambassador Dominic Barton expressed disappointment at the severity of Mr Spavor's sentence. In terms of the sentence, as I said, we're very, very disappointed with that. The range I think we're looking at is 5 to 20 years. So, you know, 11 years is a long time. And that's, again, why we're going to have to just continue to work very, very hard to get him out. And certainly a lot earlier than that. Ambassador Barton said he interprets the sentence to mean that Mr Spaver will be deported after serving 11 years. And he described it as an unfair trial. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this decision rendered after a legal process that lacked both fairness and transparency. Our thoughts are with Michael and his family during this difficult time. We've maintained from the beginning that Michael Spaver and Michael Kovrig are being detained arbitrarily and we will continue to call for their immediate release. And we will continue to work tirelessly to secure their freedom. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Affairs, Edward Yao, says the mainland's anti-sanctions law, if adopted by the SAR, would help safeguard the interests of companies operating in Hong Kong. He was speaking a day after Chief Executive Carrie Lam said she'd suggested to Beijing the national law should be incorporated into Annex 3 of the Basic Law by way of local legislation. The National People's Congress Standing Committee is expected to discuss the matter later this month. Mr Yao played down concerns the proposed legislation could hurt Hong Kong status as an international finance centre. I think the uh, proposal to have anti-sanction legislation introduced by our country is a reaction to the blatant interference uh, of, say, the US uh, imposing sanctions on our country and Hong Kong. So it is a matter of sort of a uh, natural response against such a sort of blatant interference. It is also a matter of sort of upholding the rights or people doing business in Hong Kong to act against any, any such unnecessary and uh, interference. 
The chair of the Journalists' Association, Ronson Chan, says he's concerned it could be the next group forced to disband after the pro-democracy professional teachers' union decided to fold. He noted it took just 11 days for the union to come to the decision after it came under attack from state media. But Mr Chan says the HKJA will keep going for as long as possible because it's done nothing illegal or wrong. I can't say we are not concerned about the situation. We think we had no intention or do anything to pitch the NSL. And we don't think that we have done anything wrong or commit any crime. So we are just doing our own job and own duty, do the things as normal as usual. Meanwhile, the head of the pro-Beijing Federation of Education Workers, Wang Kuan Yu, has warned that people involved with the professional teachers' union won't be free of criminal liability if they'd committed crimes, even after the group's disbandment. Speaking on a morning radio show, Mr Wong said the education sector could become more professional in future, with the PTU having faced criticism for prioritising politics. The head of an education concern group says he's surprised at the disbandment of the professional teachers' union, but it had become too politicised over the years. Mervyn Jung from the Education Policy Concern Organisation said the move should not affect the day-to-day work of teachers. He said there was still room for outspoken unions in Hong Kong as long as they didn't spread anti-government sentiment. Well, as long as they don't, uh, as the chief executive has recently said, not hijacking education and not spreading the sense of anti-government and anti-China sentiments, they can still continue uh, uninterrupted. The police have confirmed they had arrested a former employee of a school in Chim Sha Chui for allegedly stealing almost $600,000 of school funds. This came after media reported that the former financial director at Mount Kelly School Hong Kong, Martin Wong, allegedly transferred the tuition fees to his virtual bank accounts. A police spokesman said it had received a report from the school last month about the suspected theft, and after investigations, detectives arrested a 34-year-old man surnamed Wong. Last, he's been released on bail pending investigation. On the first day of the expanded walk-in scheme for seniors to get vaccinated, some elderly people who lined up for a same-day ticket to get a jab say they're happy to now be included in the programme. 60-year-olds and above, instead of those aged only under only aged 70 or older, can now get their jabs at community vaccination centres without making a booking in advance. One 60-year-old told RTHK he'd arrived at the Lychee Cox Centre at 7 o'clock for a same-day ticket, although he had made a booking online. He said this way he could get a jab more quickly. More public hospitals are pitching in to help assess if people with allergies can get COVID-19 vaccines after a clinic run by the hospital authorities Hong Kong West Cluster was swamped with cases. More from Todd Harding. The Vaccine Allergy Safety Clinic at the Grantham Hospital, which also follows up on people who had allergic reactions after vaccination, now has over 4,000 cases on the waiting list, with some having to wait until 2029. The head of the cluster's internal medicine unit, Wallace Lau, apologised for the situation. Professor Lau said they've received over 8,000 cases since March, but he believes people will soon get their appointments, with other hospital clusters also helping with the assessments. 
The chairman of the Sports Institute, Lam Tai Fei, says he's against lowering the threshold for accepting different sports into the local elite training system, saying it could affect the quality of the top-notch athletes already in the pool. Officials said this week they'll review whether or not to add to the 20 sports now in the elite system, under which athletes can train at the institute, get full expenses, subsidies and support. Mr Lam told an RTHK programme he thinks only sports with good enough athletes can join the club, otherwise the overall quality would slip. He also welcomed the government's decision to speed up an expansion plan for the institute. North Korea has told South Korea and the United States they're risking a huge security crisis by choosing to go ahead with joint military exercises. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. Pyongyang had warned Seoul that taking part in military drills with the United States would jeopardise any chance of rekindling the relationship between the two countries, which are officially still at war. However, thousands of South Korean and US troops are going ahead with the annual exercises next week. Yesterday, the North Korean leader's influential sister described it as perfidious behaviour and that a dear price would be paid. And now, a high-ranking regime official, Kim Yong-chol, has warned the Allies that they have made a dangerous choice and as a result, they face a serious security crisis. At least three activists in Myanmar are reported to have died after jumping from a high-rise block during a police raid yesterday. Two others are said to be seriously injured. Reports on social media suggest they may have been hiding out in the building in the commercial capital Yangon and jumped out of the window to avoid being arrested. Divers in Egypt exploring the ancient sunken port city of Tonis Heracleion have discovered the wreck of a warship buried in the seabed for more than 2,000 years. The BBC's Kat Wiener has the details. The Egyptian-French team says the flat-bottomed vessel, with oars and a wide sail, sank while moored by a temple which collapsed into the sea in the 2nd century BC. It has been well preserved by the five metres of clay under which it became buried. Archaeologists also located a Greek funeral site on the seafloor, evidence of the merchants who would have settled at the port during the late Pharaonic era. The ruins of Tonis Heracleion lie a few kilometres off the coast of Alexandria. The city was ancient Egypt's largest port on the Mediterranean for hundreds of years. To business news, Cafe Pacific says it suffered a $7.5 billion loss in the first half of this year as it blamed the emergence of new COVID variants that led to the tightening of travel restrictions and quarantine requirements in both Hong Kong and its key markets. However, the losses were 23% lower than the same period last year. Cafe chairman Patrick Healy warned the pandemic will continue to have a severe impact on its business until borders progressively open and travel restrictions are limited. He said although the progress of vaccination is encouraging, the pace and timing of recovery remain uncertain. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,638. That's 33 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $85 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.62 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 75 cents. In sports news, the Argentine football star Lionel Messi has finally completed his move to Paris Saint-Germain after leaving Barcelona. The 34-year-old has signed a two-year contract with the French football giants. Spanish journalist Guillem Balegui says Messi has been brought in to help PSG fulfil their Champions League ambitions. Quite clearly what uh, PSG ownership wants is to actually a team that can be in the Champions League final every year. And many would say, well, they were there two years ago, two seasons ago. Why wouldn't they keep the same team? Well, it's no guarantee with that team that that happens regularly. With Messi, you've got an advantage. Uh, obviously, 
Pochettino being in charge and his contract being renewed as well means that they have an idea of how to do that and uh, Messi will, will complement that. The idea of Manchester City, I reckon until about January, was exactly the same. A player that helps us, uh, you know, guaranteed almost regular appearance in, in, in semi-finals of the Champions League, say. But it's not going to be to City, it's going to be up to PSG and uh, and they will win the league. Uh, that's almost a given now, even though they lost it last season. And with Messi, it will be a less competitive league, which means that uh, he will be fresh, of course, or should be, for a Champions League campaign. The former PSG defender Sylvain Distan explains why the French club have yet to reach their target of winning the Champions League. When you play in, uh, in the league, like for example in England, every weekend you know you're going to have to fight hard to win the game. There is no easy game. The problem is more like mentally in, uh, in Ligue 1 where players know that they should win the, the game easy and then comes the Champions League and all of a sudden you have to step up and, and it's very difficult to go from 0 to 100 uh, from one week to the next. And I think that's the problem of PSG. They don't have enough competition in the league. And then it comes to Champions League. It's tough. On the pitch, Rangers have become the second Scottish club to be knocked out of the Champions League qualifying. Steven Gerrard's team were beaten at home 2-1 by 10-man Malmo, with the Swedish side progressing 4-2 on aggregate. Rangers scored early in the game to level their third-round tie on aggregate and looked well-placed when the visitors had a player sent off before half-time. But the Scottish champs found a way to concede twice in four second-half minutes. Rangers' exit follows Celtic's defeat to Denmark's Mjuland. The International Cricket Council is bidding to have the sport included in the Olympics with the 2028 Games in Los Angeles being the target. Former cricketer and current journalist Isabel Westbury says the ICC is keen to capitalise on the success new Olympic, Olympic sports have enjoyed in recent years, like Rugby Sevens. I think that's at the forefront of the International Cricket Committee, the ICC's mind. Um, rugby, of course, the Sevens were introduced only in 2016, and we've seen what it's done for smaller nations like Fiji winning their first ever gold medal and retaining it again. But then also just the fact that the Olympics, you know, it is about intrigue. It is about finding sports that possibly quite obscure that you only ever see every four years and suddenly you're, you're, the whole nation is behind them. And I think this is what, what cricket has an opportunity to do here. It's difficult to see it from the perspective of England because, of course, cricket is quite a big country in England. But can you imagine somebody in China sort of switching on going, what on earth is a sport and, and getting interested in it in that respect? It's a common sense move and it just means that there'll be more, more eyeballs and more, more people um, perhaps getting intrigued by this weird and wonderful sport. To the weather forecast, hot with sunny periods this afternoon, but there will also be a few showers. It will be mainly cloudy tonight. Winds will be moderate south to southwesterlies. The outlook, hot with a few showers in the next couple of days, sunny intervals over the weekend, but there will be occasional showers. Currently at the observatory, it's 31 degrees, with the relative humidity now at 77%. To end the news, the top stories once again. A mainland, a mainland court jails Canadian businessman Michael Spaver for 11 years for espionage. The Commerce Secretary says adopting the mainland's anti-sanctions law would safeguard the interests of companies operating here. And the chair of the Journalists Association says he's concerned they might be forced to disband after the Professional Teachers Union announced it was dissolving. The news from RTHK. Thanks, Vicky. Good afternoon, this is James Ross with the 123 Show. Yes, Noreen's out for the rest of the week, and you've got me between now and Friday. Sorry about that. We'll find a way to get through somehow.
tribute to their hometown of Stockholm. 1978 it came out it was a huge top ten hit uh, around the world, ABBA and Summer Night City So yes, it's me and you for the next hour and 43 minutes What can we do together? Oh, we'll figure something out, I'm sure Your life. 